Hello, my name's Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by John James. John James, how are we? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well. So, let's get right into it. Uh, Ross County beat Kilmarnock 2 0 at the weekend. Uh, Lee McCulloch got sacked, so he did. Um, does that come as a surprise to you, John James? No, no. If you're a team in the Premier League, who seven, hasn't won a game? Seven, seven, eight games without a win. The writing's always going to be on the, the wall. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, obviously, the county. I think Kilmarnock might have seen the county obviously got rid of their manager. And then literally the next game, they get a win, straight away. So I think Kelly are hoping that that's what they can get. Yeah, it was almost like a, a training exercise for Ross County. Mm-hmm. Come on, well, shambolic, to say the least. Like, really, really poor. It's just, when you look at Come on, they're in a really bad way, a really troubling way right now. Um, I just don't see where the wins or the goals are going to come from in this team at the moment. I think, I think Kilmarnock's performance was summed up by... I think Chris Boyd had the ball out, had the ball four yards out, and completely takes a fresh air swipe. Mm. I think that just sums up how McCulloch's reign this season has been anyway. Considering he he done well and he's in, in the interim job, but ever since he's got it on a full time basis, he's just never quite hit the heights that he hit in the previous yeah. season. I actually thought when Kamarnock drew with Aberdeen at Patoja, I thought Kamarnock would actually kick on from that and get a confidence boost, but obviously they didn't get that. They got worse. And they're not they're not a great way as I said. So who do you, who can you see replacing Liam Culloch at Rugby yeah, Park? I think that, uh, Gary Hope's gonna get the job. Uh, Gary Hope came out the other day and said, obviously he went he was at Falkirk and he left Falkirk to go to, to take up a coaching role at Norwich. Mm-hmm. And he actually came out and said the other day that if he could go back he wouldn't leave Falkirk. So he's so he's he's clearly eager to get back into management. He's well known amongst the Kelly support and having played there. So. I think he'd fit. I honestly think he'd fit right in because he didn't. He didn't do too badly at Falkirk either. Uh, I think actually, he, I'm pretty sure he was the manager that Falkirk had when they got to the Scottish Cup semi final. He was when, when Hibs beat them four three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. So he's taken. He's taken Falkirk about the time. Obviously, were in the award uh, in the championship, and he took them to Hamden. So and he done. He done all right with them. So I, I think him being well known uh, for the Kelly support as well would. I think it just. It'd fit in, fit right in seamlessly. I think uh, Jim McIntyre, in my opinion, I think Jim McIntyre will get the job. He's, uh, I think he's got unfinished business right now with Scottish football, where a lot of people th- feel as though um, his sacking was harsh. I think he'll be feeling as though it was harsh. But I can actually see Jim McIntyre taking the job. He's an Ayrshire lad. Um, I think he used to play there as well, man. Yeah, he played, played there as well. Played so there for a I think uh, if Kamala are able to get Jim McIntyre, I think that'll be a very solid think, appointment indeed. Well, I think though that the one thing that can be guaranteed, or I'd be extremely surprised if it wasn't, is that their their appointment will be a Kelly will be a Kelly man mm-hmm. because I don't as it's been said by several pundits, who 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 is who that has not ever been connected to that club is going to want to take that job. So when I look at that Kamarnock team and I just look at the the whole structure of the club as a whole. That is not an attractive job. If you if you do not already have an affection for that side, or that club, sorry, you're not going to want that job. No. Because uh, there's no... You don't know where... Like, obviously, as McCulloch said several times, there's just something wrong with Kelly playing at home. So mm-hmm. they've got their, they've got a problem playing in front of the, in their own ground. They just... And it seemed a mental issue as well. It seemed, it's actually quite... It seemed to be like... From, I, I, I understand where he's coming from that uh, in that sense as well, because I wouldn't went through that for years, I wouldn't seem to have this mental problem with playing at Hamden, and obviously we, we even had that for a while, and then obviously I wouldn't got the first win at Hamden, and now we seem to be alright playing there, 
apart from against Celtic in finals. But uh, but Kelly seem to have see when you have that own, that problem just playing at your own ground, you're gonna have problems. Yeah, the whole uh, club's just in disarray at the moment. They they are just absolute mess. They had changed at the boardroom, right? Obviously, that's not worked out. Mm. And obviously, they went through. They went through like quite a few managers in the past as well. I don't know where like they're in serious trouble of going down this season. Really serious trouble. I think. Uh, I think as we both said, both managers that we we think are going to take it both are already been linked with Kelly before. Yeah. And. The only other, I don't know if he has been linked with Kelly before, but the, the only other manager that I can really see, the other two, sorry, that I've really seen mentioned would be Hartley. But I don't think Hartley's going to want that job. I don't think Hartley will touch that. I do not think Hartley will want that job whatsoever, and it's, I don't blame him. Especially because he's he done okay, like he done a decent job at Dundee. He took Dundee, obviously he got them promoted, he had them in the top six, and then it just went wrong when he lost these two, his two best players. So I don't think his stocks went too far down in Scottish football. No. But I would not go to Kelly because I don't think Kelly's going to help him at all. It was like, see, ever since Kenny Shields left the club, that's when the dominoes started to fall. That's when things started to get worse for Kilmarnock when Kenny Shields left. And Kenny Shields, was, honestly, in the last few years, I'd probably say in the last 10 years, Kenny Shields has probably been Kilmarnock's best manager. Well, Mick Supatley, you know, so he done, he done well there as well. Yeah, Kenny Shields got in a cup, though. Uh, I think he got in top six as well. I, I think so. Uh, but the only two managers that, that jumped to mind that I think well in my lifetime in my lifetime the only three managers that I really think had any sort of a success with Kelly would be Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries was there he continuously kept the club in the Premiership con- continuously was safe uh, Kenny Shields and Mixed Pat Lane What about return for Kenny Shields at Kilmarnock? I don't see I wouldn't him I don't, I, don't, I don't see him coming back I think he left on a bit of Yeah he left uh, in bad terms but obviously there have been a lot of changes at the boardroom Mate, I'm pretty sure Michael Johnson still got his hand in there somewhere. Yeah, and apparently, if, uh, from what I got told, uh, my sources, <laughs> that the Michael Johnson and Kenny Shields left in a really yeah, bad I, way. I don't see him returning when Michael Johnson's even still remotely connected with that club. Because like, seeing Kenny Shields last season, Kilmarnock, they didn't finish in top six, but uh, they finished, I think, seventh or eighth, but still stayed up. And when I seen that he got sacked, I was surprised, and I found out the reasons why. He got sacked. It made like complete complete sense. But I think Michael Johnson is having commands don't mesh well whatsoever. I th- he wants out. He does. He wants. Comp- I think deep down he wants completely out of the club. And so so did the command fans as well. They want him gone ASAP. Um, do you think do you think Kelly would benefit from getting an experienced head in there? Yeah, hundred percent. What about Peter Houston? Peter Houston. I think Peter, I think Peter Houston would be a decent appointment. Uh, it's another case of Peter Houston doesn't need he doesn't need to take this job either. I mean, Peter Houston could easily sit out for the next year or two, and he could he could probably easily walk in another job in the championship. So I think Houston would be a decent appointment because okay, he done well at Dundee United, right? Won him a cup and finishing the top. They, like they, they always finish the top six under him, and at Falkirk. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a complete failure at Falkirk. This season was a failure at Falkirk. Yes, it was, yeah. But he just ran, he just ran his course at Falkirk. So he did. He ran his course and it's not like Houston's a bad manager. Believe, yeah, it's fairly capable. I do believe if we didn't go through that era where Hibs, Hearts and Rangers were in the Championship, we would have seen Falkirk in the Right, progress, yeah, and eventually we, get we promoted. We would have seen them there, but obviously Falkirk, I think, might have missed the, missed the bus for getting promotion, obviously. Because this season, they've prob- they're probably already too far away to get that title. But Peter Houston to kill, kill yes, I don't see it happening. I still see it being either Holt or mm-hmm. McIntyre. But it, he's probably been looked at. 
He's yeah. Like that for the job. So, uh, Tomas County appointed Owen Coyle. Me, uh, me and you, George James, we completely disagree on this point. You think it's a pretty decent appointment. Me, on the other hand, I don't think it's a good appointment whatsoever, in, uh, my, in my opinion. I think Owen Coyle's proven. He's he done it with Burnley. It, uh, the Burnley were a side that weren't expected. People people didn't expect much of Burnley. And what he, what he achieved with Burnley, that pretty much raised them to where they are now. Burnley would have, nev- Burnley would have never been a Premier League side. If it wasn't for Owen Coyle. He's only ever done well at one club though. No, but that what I'm saying is that club he'd done well at are now back in the Premier League. They've always fair enough they had they had their relegations and they're now they're now back. Burnley are now a stable Premier League club and he was the first guy who took them there. He brought them to that level. They weren't even at that level until he took them there. And now they're there. now they are continuously there. Even if they go down, they're always they're, they're one of the favourites to go up because they've got a stable club now where they're it's an attractive club to play for. He's, I'm, I'm saying you wipe, you completely wipe that Blackburn, that, right, that Blackburn right, spell. Right, as I was saying, right, he's only done well at one club, right, and that was Burnley. I would argue but he done actually, well at St. He left, right, he, he didn't get promote, promotion for them. He no. laid the foundations for Derek McInnes to come in and take St. Johnson up. Because so right, his first season in charge didn't get promoted, right, second season he left, obviously. Um, like, even at, at Burnley, right, and you see when he got promoted, right, in his first season in the, the Premier League, he left them because he knew they were going down, right? The club was, like, the team was in absolute shambles at the time. So he left, he, I think he went to Bolton. He kept Bolton up, but he got them relegated. Then he got the sack from Bolton. Then he went to Wigan, which are a complete disaster. Um, how he got that job, I'll never know. Um, he didn't last six months there. Um, he inherited a fairly good squad in Wigan, right? Because that's that year they won the FA Cup. And he inherited the squad, and it just became an absolute farce. It was a really poor. And then he went to Houston Dynamo. Um, let's say the better about that for him, because uh, he was a shambles there as well. And Blackburn, I know you were making the case of Blackburn, saying you wouldn't count it. You still need to count it. He went to Blackburn, he got the sack, it didn't work out. I don't out. think it mattered who you would have put in that Blackburn job. I don't think anyone would have succeeded in that job. That, that club is set up for failure until they get rid of the owners they have. It's a very similar situation to Kilmarnock because they, they aren't going to experience any great success without Michael Johnson out of that club and same for Blackburn. But, but I don't think that, I don't think the Blackburn thing should really be held against them. And obviously Owen Coyle won his first game in charge against uh, uh, Kilmarnock, right? But Kilmarnock are they a really bad way right now, an extremely poor way right now. They can only beat what's in Of course, yeah, but I wouldn't say... I would, of course, that's like three points on the board. But against a really poor commander, say, but can Ross County kick on from this and push on? In my opinion, with own coil at the helmet, I don't see it. Well, it's really it's, it's, it's a case of fans giving their opinion. But when you've seen pundits like Stephen Thompson and many other players have said it before, that own coil is it has a great effect in the dressing room. He's yeah, but I'm just looking. I'm looking at it based on evidence, like right in front of me. When you look at the jobs that he's had and how he's done uh, at the clubs he's been at. He's not done great. He's done fairly poor when you look at it. But of course, he done well at Burnley. That was it. But he left because he knew that that Burnley side were going down. He left to go to Bolton, and he fair, fair enough. He kept him up, but got him relegated. Then he got sacked. In my opinion, he's not. I don't think he's a good manager. I really I think, don't. I think, I think he's going to succeed at Ross County. I think Ross County will, there'll be no danger of relegation this season. And I would. I would. They won't be top six, but if. If, I think they'll be one of the stronger sides in the bottom six now. I think County will be in amongst it, John James, uh, I in my opinion. I think mean, County still have a decent squad. County, we've said that about Ross County, they have a solid squad, and I think that squad will be nowhere near the danger. The danger zone. I think that Ross County squad is better than Kilmarnock's squad, 
and I think it's better than Hamilton's squad, and I think those they're they'll comfortably finish above those two teams in my opinion. And they might even finish above some other sides that, are, that will find themselves down there. Yeah, so uh, we'll move on. Uh, Aberdeen beat St Johnston 3 0 at the weekend. Tommy Wright says that was the worst St Johnston display of his reign. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, I do I agree with him on that, yeah. I, I think Aberdeen just. I thought, Aberdeen, I thought that was uh, Aberdeen's uh, best performance of the season so far. Aberdeen just and St Johnston's worst. Aberdeen just completely nullified any threat that St Johnston had, which was extremely. Anybody who's watched Scottish football over the last couple of years would know keeping St Johnston quiet isn't something that you should take lightly. Celtic couldn't even keep St Johnston quiet this season, mm-hmm. and obviously they, they dropped points at Parkhead. They come up, they come up to Petardry. What what was a dangerous side, albeit a dangerous side lacking Michael Halloran, but still a dangerous side nonetheless. So Halloran's a big threat for St Johnston. Uh, and it was the same situation. Uh, it was almost similar to what Aberdeen done against Louis Moult, the uh, Anthony Connor was basically man-marking Louis Moult the whole game. The St. Johnson game, he was man-marking Stephen McLean. Didn't get a sniff once. We played the same defence that he played against Mullow and kept another clean sheet. That's another confidence booster. And it's another three points on the board. And I think Alvin might find, have found their, their, their best start in 11. And obviously, Rooney and May was very effective up top. So it was, do you see this uh, an ongoing thing with them two playing up top together? Well, Rooney got a hat-trick and May got two assists. So I don't see why you should take them out. And that was, it's also worth mentioning that was Greg Stewart starting as well. So I think that, that we might have found the. After that national break, I don't see what, unless barring any injuries or whatever, I don't see why that squad should change for the Hibs game. I mean, that's the same team that should start. I think we've still got players like Mackay Stephen Wright on the bench who could come on and influence it. And I'd be more, I'd be more than happy to see that you line up against Hibs. What are we Kenny McLean, John James? <laughs> hmm. I got in a, ga- in a game where. Nearly every Aberdeen player stood out, he still didn't stand out. Yeah, you have yet to see a convincing performance from Ken McLean this season. I think the only one of the. I'll get in his defence, I think for the first goal, he did kind of have a part to play when he took the quick free kick. He took, he took the quick free kick and then that results in Aberdeen getting the first goal because I think he takes it quickly to May, who then crosses in for uh, Rooney. But uh, as I was saying, I was saying to you uh, uh, off the pod that. Uh, there's a there's a stat that Graham Shinney makes more forward runs, more, makes more forward runs and creates more double the same the double opportunities as what Kenny McLean does, and Kenny McLean's apparently a centre attacking mid, mm-hmm. and that's our that's Graham Shinney who's meant to be the more defensive minded midfielder, and he's making more runs than what Kenny McLean is. And the same at the weekend, uh, I think the opportunity where Shinney takes it past that two St Johnson players and then slides in Christie, Christie oh, it does miss, but that's what McLean should be doing, and McLean didn't do it. Yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to be crit- critical when we won 3 0 against St Johnson, but it's, as I said, it's one player who never stood out in that performance. Uh, but schoolboy defending from St Johnson, that's oh. not like them, that's really not like St Johnson whatsoever. It's a really they dropped poor performance overall. Yeah. And it was defen- defensively, though, when I was watching the highlights, I was like, oh my god, this is not like St Johnson. You could pick a hole, uh, pick a hole in all three of our goals from St Johnson. Apart, it's, good, it's good play, but it's defen- defenders need to be more aware. Rooney gets a run on the defender twice. Puts it in the net twice, and then I, I, I don't know who it was that filled Dowdy for that penalty, but why, why are they diving in like that when the players going nowhere? Mm-hmm. And then obviously, by the time, but I think St John's kind of knew the game was already gone by the time we got the penalty, but that, at that same time, you don't want to lose three goals, especially in the goal difference. That goal, the goal difference could be very pivotal in where you finish in the top six this mm-hmm. season because of how close everyone's going to be. But it was 
from a St. John's point of view, they would have not expected to go up to Aberdeen and get beat 3 0. I don't think Aberdeen fans expected to win 3 0 either. No, I, I didn't see that result coming whatsoever. And we'll never forget two seasons ago at St. John's, went up to Petodre, beat Aberdeen 5 1. Mm-hmm. Five ones, so so St John's have always been a have been a foreign would inside. Seen even last season, uh, we beat them before the split, and then they beat us after the split. So I St. think they're a foreign most people's sides. So St John's, most most club sides. St John's are. It's <laughs> the only way to describe they're a horrible team to play against. Nobody enjoys playing against St Johnson, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't enjoy it. I enjoyed watching our team play against St Johnson from once in about six years. So mm-hmm. and but at the end of the day, that was. Poor result from St. John's, but I don't see it affecting them too much. I mean, no, they'll no. dust themselves off, they'll come back after an international break. Yeah. Is it straight into Rangers? Is it yeah, like? Rangers, also, yeah, Rangers, yeah, um, Park. So, no doubt, even though they lost 3 0 against us, they'll still probably be this, they'll be back to their annoying, difficult selves. Yeah, very well organised, very well drilled, and but they'll go back to constantly praising them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's move on. Dundee beat Hearts 2 1 at the weekend. Hearts, terrible. Terrible performance. I didn't realise how, 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 how the lack of depth that Hearts had in that side. I, thought, I don't know why, I just presumed Hearts had quite a bit of depth in that side. Same with most top six like this season, they have quite a bit of depth. But Hearts lined up with 16-year-old in centre mid. Yeah, that was very surprising. And that was just because, apparently, I think it was Don Kelly, just because he was missing. I thought they had a lot more cover in centre mid anyway than what apparently they do Yeah. and that makes it even more weird because that makes it stranger that they allowed was it Perry Kitchen to leave in the summer mm-hmm. they allowed him to leave in the summer and evidently didn't bring in another centre mid but I'm not saying that was a 16 year old's fault for the loss because it's schoolboy defending for both the headers but yeah um, Hearts defensively especially at set pieces were an absolute joke they were all the over same, the place it's the completely it's the same run that I think uh, it's, is it Waddle I think it's the same run Waddle's made twice at the, at the end of both halves and he gets a goal from it yeah it was a really uninspiring performance from Hearts and there's I mean I look at that Hearts side there's no real quality in it um, that, in that, especially in that performance it lacked imagination creativity it was a very sluggish performance from Hearts and I said to your pod as well when I look at that Hearts side right I can name maybe two good players out there in that well three if, if, two, like two or three I'll, I'll probably say three good players in that Hearts side Christoph Berra uh, Gonsalves and Jamie Walker Everyone else, no. Even Kyle Lafferty, way past his best now. Lafferty is not the player he once was. I would say Lafferty's just a bang on average SPFL player now. Uh, do you agree? I think that's a fair sentiment. I think there's, I think there's a f- they have a, they have a few more players with quality in the side, but I just think they're not showing it. Like Arnold Jum, Jum's remember. I think it was the season they came up. The season Hearts first came up, Jum was. A very solid centre mid. But let's not forget, he was in the Cameroon side. He, a regular feature in the Cameroon side that won the African Cup of Nations. So he's he's a he's an international proven player. It's just not exactly stood out so far this season. It, he's not. I would argue he's not shown it since the first season they came up. This this the season they first came up. It was it was amazing. Even last season, was it? Uh, it was it was when they se- they first came up when we played them. That was the player that I pointed out. I was like he. He's going to be a foreign on our side. And at that point, Aldean lacked a bit of physicality in midfield. That was our problem when we played Hearts. They were winning all the midfield battles. Jume was bossing it. And then for the last two seasons, he's not done... He's not, he's not done anything real, let's be honest. We, uh, we played Hearts, we played Hearts at uh, Murrayfield, obviously. And I'll give them the due. Hearts should have won that game. But at the same time, it wasn't Jume that was standing out. And that's... Uh, I think if, you're, if you've got a centre mid, especially someone who's internationally proven... They need to be doing a lot more. I think, I think he is the player, one of the players that should be standing out. 
Uh, I think obviously they've lost Sam Nicholson, and that's another winger they've lost. And they said they bring that Millen, was it Millen Kovic or something? They brought him on him, him on loan from some Italian side. I don't know if he's up to much yet. Do you think Hearts will be pushing for European European places this season? I don't think so. Uh, no, I think they will get top six, but the Europa, that's League, it. the Europa League spots this season will be between Hibs, St. Johnson, Aberdeen, and Rangers. I think that's the side that will be there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think two sides more so. Actually, I'd say three sides more so because. I just don't think I don't think Hearts are on the same level as Hibs, mm-hmm. Aberdeen, or Rangers right now. Or even Celtic. I mean, even yeah, obviously Celtic should normally be included in that, but mm-hmm. they, I don't think they're in the same at the same level as everyone else right now. So what do you make of Levine's comments after the game? Him coming out and basically saying he thought Hearts weren't all that bad. I was baffled by I those mean, comments. I don't. It's weird because obviously I'm slagging their defending mm-hmm. and the ones really standing out, but I don't think Dundee really posed them much for it. I think the game was quite. I mean, yeah. it was a, it was a very mid it was a midfield heavy game, uh, but I think what he what he was saying was obviously it's what's I don't I don't know if he used the word pathetic I don't know if it was pathetic he used to describe the. Their... I think he basically said, um, I'm not too sure, right? But I'm, I'm sure it was something along the lines of, uh, conce- uh, conceding two goals from set pieces is not good enough or something. Something along those but, lines. Though, he's right though. <laughs> what what he's saying is right. That uh, they they shouldn't be conceding, especially the same the same type of header from the same player. Yeah. Uh, uh, you knew where it was going. You knew they were putting it in the middle of the box for him to attack, and twice I think two separate players as well. I don't know who he was. I don't know who. What was Blabin doing for the second goal? The sec the second one was I know it was Blabin. I don't know who the first one was, but the first one the Hearts player runs into Benham. Yeah. And then falls and then claims claims for a free kick. It wasn't even the player that touched him. Blabin's claiming for. I don't know if he's claiming for an elbow, but it was it certainly wasn't an elbow. Mm-hmm. And he, he's holding his jaw and it's like, that's, that's not, especially Boabin. Boabin's an experienced player. He knows that, like for example, do you think Darren O'Dea would go down and hold his face if he got slightly slapped in the jaw? No. And I think that's, that was the difference between, Dundee deserved to win it based on their set pieces because Dundee were willing to put their bodies on the line to get it. Hearts weren't, Hearts weren't, well, Hearts weren't willing to take the same risks. Mm-hmm. And I think Dundee deservedly, deservedly based on the set pieces. Came out with the three points. See when Hibs play Hearts uh, in Edinburgh Derby, right? Do you know where it is? Is that it's going to be Easter Road or uh, yeah, New Tyne Castle? I don't know if it's at Tyne Castle first. I don't know if it's it. So that will be a very intriguing game. Um, my money, I know it's too soon to say, but based on the evidence so far this season, your money's got to be on Hibs. Based on what I've They're seen, unbeaten in the last seven Edinburgh Derby's, Hibs. Based on what I've seen from Hibs, especially Hibs midfield in comparison to Hearts midfield, Hibs are going to run all over that midfield. They've got, as I said, no one in that Hearts midfield seems to be taking responsibility. Obviously, Don Cowie was missing from that Dundee game, so it's a bit of an experienced head. But players like McGeoch and McGinn are going to run all over that midfield if they if they can, if they come up against that Hearts side of what they came up, turned up against Dundee. Mm. Right, so uh, we'll move on. Motherwell beat Party Thistle three 0 at the weekend. There, um, Thistle. That's probably the worst they've been this season. This didn't muster, didn't muster a shot on target. Really, really poor. Uh, still looking for that win. Still looking for that first win of the season. Um, awful defending from Thistle. Really, really poor stuff. They have the second worst defensive record in the league. Uh, so they do. They are struggling to keep clean sheets at the moment. Uh, that was that was the thing that all part of Thistle last season. Is bear in mind, last season they didn't concede goals. Like you, I think it was like off. eight games. Like I think they went eight games in a row. Key, eight, eight. It was like eight games. In eight clean sheets, eight clean sheets. Yeah. It was actually, I think I can, I think I can actually tell you the game was it that, that ended. I think it was they went into the game at Petardry in the Scottish Cup quarter final. I believe it was, 
where they hadn't conceded a goal in eight games, and then Aberdeen won that game. Obviously, they won it one 0 So I think that showed what sort of part of this is. Even losing one 0 up Tordre last season, get the form Aberdeen were on at times last season, that part of this came up and just made it absolute. Yeah, because like eight games with eight clean sheets, that that is good. But this season, defensively, really really poor. And we said we've been saying that a lot as well. Thistle play great football, but aren't getting, getting results. It's a results-driven uh, business, and Thistle, when it comes to results, are not getting them. And it's, it is worrying. It is I worrying. I don't think Alan Archibald's at any risk, though. I mean, Alan Archibald's got some... He's got some... I think the board, like, he's worked with that board for a number of years, as, obviously, as a player and now a manager. So I think he's got a bit of money in the bank when it comes to them. Because he's, this, this guy guided them to the... Uh, this top six last season, the highest ever finish. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a bit of back in there. I think. I think F- I've said that every single week, but I think Fissel will eventually come good. <sighs> and I think. How long are you going to? How long will you be saying this for? If F- I know I've been saying it uh, as well, but there's only so long you can say if it for. Fissel don't get a result against Kilmarnock after the international break. That's a massive game for that's, them. That's when I think the, the alarm bells will start to ring because I think Fissel, even if even when Kelly appoint a new manager, Fissel should have enough to beat that Kilmarnock side. So that's an absolute must-win game for them. I, I, said, I said a few weeks ago that I thought when Fissel came into the run of games where they played Muddle, eh, Kelly and Hamilton, I believe it is, all in a row, I mean, that's when you'll start to see it. And obviously now they've just lost against Muddle in a convincing manner, mm-hmm. which to take nothing away from Muddle, because Muddle, again, will kick out a, a side transformed. But Fissel were just... Yeah, it was a really good team performance from Motherwell, so it was. Uh, Lou Mo played a massive part. Even well, though he didn't score, he still played a massive part in uh, Motherwell getting three points. I think Motherwell might have answered a few critics in the sense of... They're not a one-man team. We've all been saying, what if you take Mo- Lou Mo's goals out of that team? So, okay, take Lou's Mo- take Mo's goals out of that game. They win 3-0. Mm-hmm. So, even though you could argue Lou Mo hits the free kick that the centre-back then taps in, but obviously he still didn't score it. Yeah, Motherwell have actually surprised me a lot this season. Um, I expected Motherwell would really struggle. Uh, this campaign, but they've started the season off well. Credit to them. They're outside bets for the top six now. Yeah, they're on. A long way they're away. on a good run of form. They're in the, the League Cup semi final. Of course, playing against Rangers, that'll be a tough test. Not doubt Aberdeen. Aberdeen high and flying right now, unbeaten in the league. And obviously, Aberdeen won last weekend, beat Mullerwell 1 0. But that was they beat a, Aberdeen 3 0 convincingly at Fur Park. That was the first. The Aberdeen were the first team all season that Mullerwell didn't score against. So it's, it's shown, shown that Aberdeen done something right in that league game to keep them quiet mm-hmm. especially considering how rampant they were on the Thursday night but if, if Mullen keep going the way they're going they could easily do what Park of done last season and sneak in that top six and also that if they'd done that they'd, they'd need to knock someone out I think Hearts and Mullerwell will be fighting over that top six spot I would actually argue Right, I think the mother, that Motherwell side is better than Hearts. Right, right now. Right now, based on form. I don't think the, that Motherwell squad is better than the Hearts squad. I think Hearts still slightly edge on that, but at the same point, at the same point, form is everything. Confidence is everything. Motherwell have the confidence. Motherwell have the form. Hearts don't. But that that could all change. Right? That could change in a few weeks. Motherwell could go on and Motherwell could end up losing that semi final and then lose like another four on the bounce and then we're talking about how Motherwell back in a. A rut again. At, at bottom six spot, but right now they're in the top six, so. Yeah. And deserve the deserve. Bear in mind that below side, did they, did they not go three games without picking up a point? So I'm pretty sure they went. They lost their first three games, and then they just all of a sudden just picked up points out of nowhere. 
and now they're in the top six. Mm-hmm. I think they're ahead of Hearts actually. So yeah, they are. I think Hearts are seventh or eighth in the league. Uh, if they're ahead of Hearts, then that was that Hearts. But obviously, what you've got to remember about Hearts has been a bit critical about Hearts is they haven't technically played at home yet. They've got a run of games where they'll be playing at Tynecastle, so that's when, that's when we'll see what Hearts are going to be like this season. Mm. But. I think it will be Mullow and Hearts possibly for that last top six box. I can see St Johnston still edging above them too. Uh, so we'll move on uh, to Rangers and Hamilton. Rangers beat Hamilton 4-1 uh, on Friday night. Um, it was a massive win for Rangers, especially the week uh, that Rangers had. Kenny Miller getting sent down to the under-20s by Pedro Casinha. John James, what do you make of it? Uh, you, nobody knows what actually happened, uh-huh. but that speaks volumes if Pedro Casinha is sending down Sending the, the senior player down to train with under 20s. I've, I've, I've answered several different ways to this question. If, if he is the player that's been leaking to the press, then Pedro Cusini is completely right to, to banish him from the first team. He, he's completely right. However, if he's not been, if it's not confirmed that oh, Kenny Miller is the person that's been leaking to the press, then you risk creating a rift. He, he's saying that already there's a rift between the foreign players that were brought in and the players that were already in that team, he risks, if it is not Kenny Miller, making that rift bigger. But if, as I said, I, I, I was Rangers fans as well, Rangers fans, I've seen even saying, if it is Kenny Miller that is the, the, the leak, he's completely right to put him out the first team squad because you, every good team in the world, never mind in Scotland, they do not get leak, they do not have leaks in the dressing room. Whatever said in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. I didn't like what Pedro Cusina said about his response to that. I thought it was very cringeworthy and quite embarrassing. He was like, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And I've seen that, I'm like, come on, Pedro. The, but the, I'm the like, idea's I, right, the idea's right, but not, not, not the delivery. Referring to the changing room as Vegas is not the way I'd go about seeing it. I, I, of course you know I'm a big fan of Kenny Miller, huge fan. Um, when i seen that news, I was like, what is going on at Rangers right now? It reminded me a lot of, like, remember when Barry Ferguson and Le Guin had their spa? I, I said that as well. Do you know what I mean? So off, like, like, Pedro Casinha's Paul Le Guin, Kenny Miller's Barry Ferguson, and the guy that's going to come in and save Rangers is going to be Alex McLeish, and he's playing the, the part of Walter Smith here. <laughs> but, yeah, I was surprised to see that. Um, obviously, we don't know the actual details, so there's not much we really can discuss. But I'm very disappointed to see that Miller got sent down under 20s, because I, th- I still think Miller is an asset to this squad. But you wouldn't be disappointed if he is the one leaking it? Yeah, I can totally understand it from, like, if, it's, like, if he's been leaking it to the press. I'd understand it completely. But if it's just a dressing room spat with the manager or whatever, a senior player, and Miller knows his role. He's a senior player and he's experienced. He's been in amongst the like big dressing rooms before. Uh, so it's it's a real situation. It really is. So on to the game. Um, big win for Rangers. I thought uh, Rangers started poorly, um, but Rangers showed fantastic character uh, to come back and win the game. Um, I thought Declan John was absolutely outstanding he totally transformed the game for Rangers and when Lee Wallace comes back into the side this is what I would do I would actually have Lee Wallace left back and I would stick Declan John left mid because as you know John James Rangers do not have an actual left mid uh, Declan John can play left back play left mid very effective going forward got buys a pace he's really good at running at defenders I would absolutely uh, play him at left mid um, I thought he was best playing the part as well uh, Pena I thought very sluggish, very poor again. And considering and lucky to stay in the yes, park. very lucky to stay in the park. Considering the amount of money we've spent on Pena, he's not, not really two, convinced not me a, at all. Two point five. Is it two point five? Two point five. Yeah. Not a two. I'm still standing by. He's not a two point five million player. Two point 
2.5 million pounds is for Pena laughable if I'm being honest obviously it's still early but there's players in Scotland that you would have played less that are better than him or look better than him right now anyway Um, even I've seen Pedro Cusinha saying that he's one of the top performers of course he's going to say that he signed him and saying that he's he's still was working at 60% I was like well how is he still working at 60% he was signed and was signed in the pre-season wasn't it so if he was signed in the closed season how is he still operating at 60% it's it's the thing I don't get right where in the start of October now, right? Um, how do we, how is he not match fit? I don't. I'm sick of I'm sick of this argument that people keep making. Oh, Pena's not match fit. He's not match fit. But in October, in October, how long are you going to be saying this? We're going to be saying that in January. Oh, he, he, he had a rough pre-season. Oh, come on, it's that's not good enough. Pre-season's meant to be rough. Pre-season. I'm, I'm talking about rough pre-season in the sense of oh, he's like he, he couldn't get really going. He couldn't get his fitness up in time. That that's what I mean in like rough pre-season. You get, how long can you make this argument for? How long can you defend him for? Yeah, but it was I was I thought it was a really good performance from Rangers. I I, I was I was impressed, especially plastic pitch. I mean, you're very critical of it. Scoring four goals at plastic pitch, can't ask for much more, could you? No. And yeah, uh, what else can we do? We need to really cover Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack. Um, I know, obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of Ryan Jack. I think he's a fantastic footballer, but I don't know what he was thinking there. Um, for that that setting yellow, nothing area uh, off the park. Why? Why is he making that challenge? I just didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't understand the protests. <laughs> See when it happened. When I when I, I didn't I, I didn't actually watch the game, but I, when I watched the highlights and I seen him, I seen the di- the dive diving in, and then I seen. I'm standing like this, his hands up in the air, and I'm like, what are you protesting here? Yeah. The Hamilton players knocked the ball around you, and you've clattered him, and then you're arguing that you didn't clatter him. What is the, what's the argument here? Um, I thought it was quite telling though, when Kadir scored uh, the third goal, how he ran over to Pedro Cassina. I found that uh, very telling, like the whole squad ran over, as well. like, all the players ran over and celebrated with Cassina. Cassina was in a dugout, for the majority of the night, you know, he's like he's a very lively guy, very enthusiastic, likes to shout quite a bit yeah, during the game, very passionate, but he wasn't doing that on Friday night, Drink obviously because of the week that he had. Do you think he's feeling the pressure? Of course. Like, you wouldn't be human if you didn't feel the pressure, like, uh, if you're managing Rangers and obviously the media scrutiny and stuff and the fans, like, the expectations the fans have, of course he's feeling the pressure, 100%. Uh, Candia, so I thought he was outstanding. Uh, on Friday night as well really impressed took his goal very very well uh, Graham Dorns uh, scored a penalty as well um, Dorns I thought well, he thought he was alright um, on Friday night I know I've been quite critical of Graham Dorns on the podcast but he was uh, he was good he was quite good on uh, Friday night so he was um, but yeah Hamilton though like it started off very well and then Hamilton just to Rangers were just too good for them on the night I think Hamilton seemed to look like a team that's weird considering Hamilton went from being after something like four games or something to be on seven points, and now they're a team. Now they're a team that very much looks like it, it belongs in that bottom, that bottom three again. But what's some of their night was missing that penalty? They they had they had their opportunities. They could have they could well, even in the last even when it was four one even when it was four one they had their opportunities in that last ten minutes. Uh, they missed the penalty, which obviously then uh, it doesn't help their cause. Then they've had about three decent saves, they've forced about three decent saves out of Fodringham, but all of them from, were from like six yards out. I just don't understand how they weren't finishing some of their opportunities, and that's what's going to cause teams to be in the bottom six or a relegation battle. And even though I think Hamilton, they'll know they deserve to lose, but pressure will be mounting again on Martin Canning. Yeah, 
Uh, so I was going to say this. Uh, I should have mentioned it when I thought about Pena. Obviously, Pena with the handball yeah. was, that was pretty stupid, and, right? And the elbow. Yeah, I mean, like the handball. It was. It was. I thought it was pretty stupid. But one thing though, I'm not uh, taking. I said to you off pod. Remember when Jason Cummings done that last season? Uh, right. Yeah. I openly don't remember it. So. Well, he did. Me and you had a discussion about this, right? Off pod, so we did. When Jason Cummings done that handball, right, then he got the red card, everyone was like, oh, what a legend Jason Cummings is. But when Pena does it, um, I'm not going to use the language you used about Pena when uh, he done it. Uh, but yeah, you weren't very nice about Pena when he done it. But when Jason Cummings done it, trust me, John James, when Jason Cummings done it, when Cummings done it last season, you were saying, oh, what a legend Jason but Cummings is. In that scenario, so how is that fair? Come on, that scenario, bit double standards there, John James. Scenario, did Jason Cummings go into someone's studs up? No, I'm talking. No, we're no, talking no, about no, no. solely. Right. We're solely talking about the handball. Right. We're not, of no, course, no, no. Pena. We going in with studs up. Game. That's wrong. No, no. The, you the said off pod about the handball. The point I was. You making, said no. you were very careful about the handball. Then I'll get on, you go. Okay. The point I was making was that Carlos Pena had already elbowed someone in the face, went in studs up in someone, where he could have easily been red carded for both individually. And then he has the audacity to start doing this when he's already, he's not even had a good game. He's not even had a good game. Jason Cummins had not elbowed someone in the face. But how come it, how someone. come people aren't coming out and being very critical about Jason Cummings when, when he done it? They're Jason all like, oh, what a legend! What they're like, what a legend! Had these critics. I think it's very. Unf- I think if you're implying that people are only making this because but, it's but Rangers but with Pena though. But then again, no, I'm saying this. But with see when Pena done it, everyone is like, oh, that's ridiculous. No, that's I obscene. Think, but I when Cummings done it, there was that there was people also being critical. Then there was people saying, what a legend well, Jason Cummings is. People like there's some people that like Jason Cummings and there's other people, but but for people who try and imply that it's only because it's a Rangers player, Jason Cummings has probably been one of the most split 50-50 players in Scottish football in the last couple of years, and he's Scottish, <laughs> and he, and he's a he's a Scottish. So player. I, I just and had even to, half the nation like him and half the nation don't. I just had to half of the I, city played in Hayden. I I just had to throw it out there. I just had to throw it out there because uh, when you mentioned that off pod, I was like, no, I'm not taking that one. Yeah, but yeah, it was a overall a very. Good performance from Rangers, three points in the bag. Then Jim Johnston at Medemic Park, uh, right after international break. John James, do you think that'll be uh, another three points for Rangers? How do you see that I one? I think it'll be, a, it'll be a tough game, but obviously Rangers are going to be looking... Rangers are, Rangers are still looking at the table, and obviously that's what you're doing if you look at the table. Aberdeen are still... Aberdeen are currently six points ahead of Rangers. So that gap needs to be closed if, if you're a Rangers fan. Obviously I don't mind that gap. You know, I'd happily have the gap left for the rest of the season. But... We've got three big games coming up. We've got Hibs, uh, Celtic and Rangers. So realistically, what Rangers are looking to do is Rangers need to keep picking up points. And by the time that we play Rangers, when Aberdeen play Rangers, they want to be looking at overtaking Aberdeen at this point. Or already have them taken over Aberdeen. So even at, winning 4-1 against Hamilton, it's a good, it's a good standalone result, but that's not going to be what Pedro Cassini is going it was, to do. It was a big game, though. Like, I know I said that earlier on, that was a massive, massive win. Because if he had drawn that game or lost it, I think that would have been curtains. That would have been cut. And I said in the podcast last week, if we had lost that game or if we failed to have beat beaten Hamilton, I would be. Because I, I haven't came out once and said Pedro out, but if we had if we had failed to beat Hamilton, I would have 100% and came out and said Pedro out because that is just simply not good enough. But we got the three points and that was the thing that mattered. So let's move along to the main event. The main event uh, Celtic drew to each with uh, Hibs. Yep. John James, uh, I know I'm being very. Uh, I have been very critical about Hibs on the podcast, but that was a very good display from them that in the was, weekend. That was Hibs' most. That was probably Hibs' best performance. Would I go as far as say it was probably Hibs' best performance under Lennon? Probably so. Pro, not 
I would say so, yeah. What people are probably going to say, oh, is it just because they got a point against Celtic? And it's like, well, no, it's not just because they got a point against Celtic. It's the fact they went to Parkhead. And were very, very unfortunate not to win. They, they completely, do- well, no, I wouldn't say they completely dominated, but... For large spells of the game, Celtic were the stronger team in the first half. That, that's, not, it's not under que- that's not under question. Celtic were the stronger team in the first half. But Hibs in the second half were all over Celtic. It's, Hibs were, a very, were playing, Hibs were playing like a team that would be expected to be second in the table. They they looked like a, a side that were they were chasing Celtic, they were harrying Celtic. Celtic's four pip was a four million pound man in the middle of the pitch and Cham was getting dominated by John McGinn. John they were winning the midfield battle. I, I even though I will say a Celtic team that did not include Stuart Armstrong or Scott Brown, I think you could see that Celtic were visibly a weaker side without Scott Brown and and, uh, and Armstrong in that side. And obviously having the, the midweek exertions of a, what was a brilliant performance against Anderlecht. Uh, but Hibs, Hibs, I thought, were good value to win that 2-1. But the problem they had, obviously, was if you score... They were 2-1 up and there was 13 minutes left. And it's I, I said to your pod, I thought uh, defending was extremely poor there from Hibs. Cal McGregor, completely unmarked. So much space to get that shot away. That was poor from Hibs. But they got, resu- they got a good result. I get if a point at Parkhead. That is good If you go for any team in Scotland, they drop Parkhead, they're going to take it. But I think what uh, Neil Lennon was saying, what Neil Lennon was saying after the game was like, he was proud of the player's performance and it shows how, it shows how Hibs, remember Hibs have been openly criticised before for their mentality for big games and it shows how far Hibs have came under Lennon that they're looking at that as a point. They're looking at the point there but they dropped two points because they were that, they had they could have won that game. Um, Craig Gordon, what an absolute save! What a fantastic save that was! Was it in the second half that happened? Yeah, second half. Yeah, with Stephen Whitaker about two or three yards out. It was one yard out. It was one yard out. on one yard out. Jesus. See, I'm critical of Craig Gordon, but that that was a save that proved that that was the save that was. That's why he's a national goalkeeper. I openly see. I do hate on Craig Gordon, but the point that was a decent save. I wanted him to prove why he's he's Scotland number one. I, I used to be a huge fan of Craig Gordon when he was at Hearts and then he went down to England. I was still a huge fan of him. And then I felt ever since he came to Celtic, he hasn't really proved why that he was... He, he, I never really proved why he got sold for 7 point, Was it 7.5 million? It, no, it was 9 million. Was it 9 million? He never proved why he, he was worthy of that. But saves like that prove why he's a number one, why he was valued at that much. But the same Then point, the second goal, yeah. for John McGinn's second goal, I thought he should have done better with that one. It's the same point as... I, I know it's... I know it's praising someone and then criticising them, but at the same time, you make a save from one yard out, then you can't. St- he might have hit it at some pace, but if you if you're worried about the pace, put two hands on it. He tried to make a. I think I think I got the impression he was trying to make a camera save. He tried to tip it with one hand and put it over the crossbar. If you're if you're not sure you can able to get two hands on it, put two hands on it and tip it over the bar. Scott Sinclair penalty or no penalty? I don't it's think it was a penalty. Not a penalty because Sin- Sinclair played on and had a shot. If he wanted the penalty, go down. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a very simple. We see it all the time. If you want the penalty, go down. He tried to play on and have the shot. You cannot play on. The referee had the whistle at his lips. If Sinclair had stopped, the penalty gets given. But Sinclair had the shot, and he's missed. The you don't you don't get it both ways. You don't have a shot and then you miss. You get the penalty. That's not how it works. You have the shot. You've missed. That's the advantage. The the the, the game goes on. So I don't I don't see the complaints. I don't see, I think Ambrose took up an absolutely horrible position, but at the same point you could argue Ambrose done his job because Sinclair felt he could take the shot and he missed. Mm. So and Neil Lennon said right after the game he was very very proud of uh, 
his performance as he should be. Um, Celtic though, uh, they were they, not they, up to they were a bit their lethargic. usual standard. They were yeah. a bit lethargic and I think everyone can give, cut them a bit of slack because of the fact that they had the Champions League duties in midweek and got a 3-0 win so mm. I don't think it's anything to look into. I don't think it's a panic station. No, not at all. Not at all. I think it's just, it's just midweek exertions. So that's two games we've drawn uh, this season apart Kessie Johnson and Hibs. It's, so, weird, it's, it's weird that they, that they drop the points at home. I think that's the only point to look into because normally Parkhead's quite a formidable place to go. No one really likes point at, no one likes at all playing at Parkhead. I would have expected dropping points away, but mm-hmm. it seems like teams have taken advantage of Celtic's Champions League exploits and managing to get points. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Hibs would have felt they could have got the free, but they take the point. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, John McGinn, uh, is obviously John McGinn's in the Scotland squad, yep. and Cal McGregor uh, got mm-hmm. called out as well. We were saying as well, uh, off pod, that, well, you said that you would ha- start Cal McGregor and John McGinn in the central depart. I wouldn't go for that. I would actually go Cal McGregor and uh, Mor- uh, James Morris. Morris. That's what I would do. I don't see, I think the point that both Scotland are missing without having Brown in that team is they're missing someone who... Brown, as much as you might not like him in a Celtic top, in a Scotland top, he makes a difference. He's, he's the he's the captain. He, he goes into the challenges. Whether he doesn't get booked or he doesn't get... He does, he does or doesn't get booked as a different separate argument. But I think if you play Cal McGregor and Morrison, who's got that bite out of them two? McGregor, McGregor's a... He's a, he's a flair player. He gets the ball, he'll pick it up and he'll take it past people and he'll, he'll score goals, which he's done. Morrison's similar. I don't, I don't see who's the who's got the, the bite in there. Have I think honestly, I mean, if you took the risk and played John McGinn and Cal McGregor together, you're gonna have the flair of Cal McGregor and just the engine and the ten, the tenaciousness of John McGinn. I don't actually think Gordon's gonna go with them two. Uh, obviously, because the next two, for the I last be, two games, I wouldn't be surprised. The last two on the bench. because uh, the last two games, obviously, they're it's so so crucial for Scotland. Like it's massive. So it's gonna be interesting to see how we'll uh, line up. It will be. And so we'll t- uh, anything else to add on the Celtic Hibs game? No, I think we've pretty no, much covered everything. Not really. Yeah. No. Just, just say though, Celtic lost during the week, right? And that result happened at the weekend. They're drawing the Hibs. Do you think we'll? Do you think Celtic fans will be? In, I don't know. Not panic station, but a lot more critical. I don't think Celtic fans would have been very happy if they'd have lost midweek and then obviously pointing yeah. at Hibs. But I think you get they get a bit more leeway because they've because they won three 0 during the week. Yeah, yeah. Cause they, cause, absolutely. Because they get the victory and that victory, whether you'll admit it or not, whether it's technicalities or not, they could still technically get out of that group. But whether it be Europa League or Champions League, beating Anderlecht pretty much, if if they can avoid losing the Parkhead, they'll be in the Europa League. I think Celtic will actually make Europa League right. They'll get Europa League. I think. Which but uh, yeah, it's, I think I think we said that uh, like obviously like at the start, um, or when like uh, when Celtic made the Champions League, we said, and the draw was made right. Fud, that's the best we're gonna get because you got PSG in there, you got Bayern Munich, they're going they're gonna be made in the last sixteen. Uh, Celtic get further, there's absolutely no shame in that. I think that'll be about a good achievement for them considering who's in, actually in their group. Mm-hmm. So yeah, points drop for Celtic, but still unbeaten, fifty eight games unbeaten, so. That is pretty remarkable. I need to give them credit I for that. That is I remarkable. Hibs were going to break it. <laughs> yeah, Hibs of all teams to break it. Neil Lennon at Parkhead, that would have been something. Just, I mean, who do you think is going to break this, Rayfield? Uh, if someone, it's, <laughs> it's getting to the point now, I said they would lose, and now it's getting to the point where if they lose, which is getting worrying. I think they will lose. It's, they will lose it will, eventually. In my opinion, this will probably, it'll probably come back and 
bite me, it'll be someone like Hamilton that beat them or something. But I think I think the best chance that someone's got of beating Celtic is going to be Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, That's St it. Johnston maybe. St Johnston. Mm. Them, those teams probably stand the better chance of beating them because they've got players that can hurt them. And then, oh, then again, those even Celtic drew St Johnston at Parkhead. They could have lost that game as well. Celtic were pretty much all over them as well. Mm. But the weekend though, fairly even. It was, it was fairly even. So I think Hibs, Hibs are, I think Hibs are a better team than St Johnson. I think Hibs have a lot more they, they have a lot more than what St Johnson. Yeah, it'll be very intriguing to see what will happen when Celtic actually go to Easter Road. Well Celtic will go to Tawdry as well, so that's another thing we're missing. That uh, I think it's the not the game after the international breaks the other the next week after that, Celtic come to Tawdry. Mm-hmm. So if Aberdeen can if Aberdeen won against Hibs that's three decent games in a, in a, on, in, on, on the bounce. That's what you want to go to. That's what you want going into Celtic. So let's talk about Scotland uh, fixtures. Two very crucial last yeah, games. At home to Slovakia on the third of the night. So that's the make or break one. If we can beat Slovakia, then that will put us above Slovakia in the table. And that puts us into the second. So what are you going for? Right. Slovakia. I said before the last two games that I thought Scotland could make the playoffs and I didn't. I don't think I'm still not convinced. You, you didn't think we'd be in it going in at this game. I always kind of knew we'd be in this. I, just, I just don't see it. I just think we will bottle it, right? That's what I think will happen. I think. Slovakia. Like, like, give me your prediction first, let me hear one. I think of well, fun fact the the stadium's still not sold out. I'm not surprised at the, that. The other, the other, I think it was the other day I was here and they're charging similar prices as to what they were charging which for joke. the Malta game which is ridiculous considering why not make it cheaper and sell out Hamden so that mm. you can have a bit the, the crowd back well you've seen it against England yeah. the, the crowd were firmly behind Scotland yeah. have a similar thing for Slovakia make Slovakia hate playing at Hamden England clearly didn't enjoy it so So what's the prediction? I think Scotland are going to win 2-1 I think we're going to bring it down to the last day. I mean, that's I mean, that's what Scotland Scott fans want. At least, you know what I think, mate? I think, I think we will beat Slovakia at home. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 Scotland win. And then on the, I think it's, uh, is it the Saturday? Um, is it not Sunday? Saturday? I'm, is it not Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday. Uh, it's Sunday against Slovenia. Yeah. Slovenia, uh, Sunday, obviously. Yep. Um. I'm going to go for a, a... I just think we've all bought it. I'm going to go for a 1-0 a win. I, I want to be wrong, but I just, I, I just think we will bottle it. I'm going to go for the complete reverse and say Scotland are going to win 1-0. Because see, because the pressure will be on Scotland players going into that game. It's going to be huge. And it, I think it will get to them. Because I, I don't think that Scotland squad has a bottle and we will lose and then we won't qualify believe, yet again. I believe the goal difference only really matters if we don't beat Slovakia. If we beat Slovakia, I don't believe the goal difference will matter as long as we beat Slovenia. So as long as we beat Slovakia, and I would take a 1-0 win in Slovenia, I believe that's that's us second, couldn't be caught. But I just think it's it, it's... it's good to finally be in a position with Scotland that the last two games of the group actually matter because how, like, how long has it been since the last two games actually mattered because we completely wrote off Scotland right right, right start the campaign when we started horribly we completely wrote them off I mean it's good to finally be, be in a position where Scotland these last two games actually matter and we, we're invested in what these happens in the game because the last I think well, in fairness the last one did go down to the last game 
or the last two games as well. But I think we we knew we were never really. Yeah. But the, uh, the the campaigns before that, it was over before Christmas most of the times. Like Christmas, the first year of qualifying. So it's good to be in a position where Scotland can still make it, and we put ourselves in a position where we can still make it after on the back of two salt three solid wins. Sorry, when we beat uh, well technically we beat so we beat Slovenia, which kept it alive. We didn't lose to England, and then we beat Georgia and uh, not Georgia. We beat uh, Lithuania and Malta. See, about I know we spoke about it before, but see that England game. When you look, when you look back at it now, in my opinion, it feels like a defeat. Uh, if you look, it look, feels like a defeat. Looking back on it, well, there was the three points. It could have obviously that, that if we'd taken that three points now, Scotland, I believe, would have been third at worst, second at best. So we could have already been in a position where Slovakia needed to come here and beat us. But so just say we don't qualify. I think when we look back and reflect on this campaign, we'll look back to that England game. I see. I don't, I, we will. That would be the game that stands we, out where we should have won that. For me, I don't think it's the England game because I think the England game we still gained a point that uh, Slovakia haven't. But the team, the, the result I'll I'll look back on is that result in Slovakia getting beat three 0 Was it three 0 or two 0 Three 0 Like two games that stand out will be the England game. And Slovakia were going to be three now. Losing to Slovakia was the big one because Slovakia were the side that were going to be around us. England were always going to be above us anyway. But Slovakia is losing three now to them, losing by three clear goals and the goal difference that that came about because of that. I think that's the game that we'll look back on. I think that was that was an early setback. England because we got a point that other teams won. I don't think that's as much of a big difference because so they they'll beat Slovenia and Slovakia anyway. So mm. I don't think it's that much of a. But obviously, they did rob us of the two points. So, and so here's hoping, John James, uh, next Monday when we come and do the podcast that Scotland will be in the playoffs. I don't think it'll happen, but I hope I'm wrong. So I think that's pretty much it. Yep. Yep. Uh, what about, uh, any championship games on this weekend? Uh, I'm, sh- I th- I'm sure there might be. Or it might be the Pitch 5 Cup. I'll we double check just now. Maybe we'll do some uh, predictions for that. Oh, the, the, the first uh, result of the week or team of the week. No, uh, what? The result of the week, or is it team of the week? Performance, uh, performance of the weekend, weekend. yeah. Uh, we missed it last week, we didn't do it last week, um, we just completely forgot. So performance of the weekend for last season would be Celtic, I would say. Celtic, Celtic uh, beating Rangers, I would say that was a uh, performance of the weekend. Yeah, what uh, would you say game of the weekend was last weekend? Game of the weekend. Uh, Do we need to say the old firm? Probably the old firm as well, yeah. Yeah, I would say the old firm. And performance of the weekend would be Hibs from Hibs that weekend there. Yeah. And result of the weekend would need to be... I mean, there's two. There's two, one or two. There's, there's, one, there's seven claims. Obviously, the Hibs and Celtic one, and then you've got the Hearts. I'll actually go for a surprise. I'll, I'll go for a surprise one this week. And for the, the, the result of the week, I'm going to completely ignore Aberdeen and Rangers. I'm going to completely ignore that against Dundee getting three points against Hearts. was a big result for them. It's a confidence booster for them. My, I would probably say performance of the weekend for me would be Hibs. I would need to say that. I know that will be, be shocked to many people because I'm very critical of Hibs, but I would say... I would say the team... Uh, the team weekend goes team of the weekend probably Hibs. I think that's the... What about player of the weekend? John McGinn. Player of the weekend, I would probably say... Cal McGregor. I thought he was outstanding. <laughs> opposite midfielder. I would say uh, Cal McGregor, yeah, yeah I thought he was outstanding. A, there is a... Pitfrack Cup games this or Challenge Cup games this or the Iron Brew Cup sorry <laughs> Iron Brew Cup games this weekend. Uh, Cove Rangers versus Crusaders. 
But I don't even know how we can make a prediction. I don't know, even know who they... I don't know. Cove that. Rangers win 2-0. Yeah, I think Crusade. Crusaders, because I'm just going to... Crusaders play... <laughs> Be play controversial. <laughs> Cove, Cove don't play the football league, so I'm just going to say Crusaders 2-0. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting one. Falkirk, Dunfermline. Um, I'll be intriguing. Obviously, Falkirk have not appointed a new manager yet. I'll go for... 2-0 Dunfermline. Uh, I'll go 1-0 Dunfermline. Uh, Inverness, Peterhead. Um... Inverness 2-1 Inverness in a really bad way you've seen John Robertson said in his press conference during the week that he's fighting for his job oh he is because he, just said he's, uh, he, he brought won't... in what 12 players if you're bringing in that number of players you better be getting results yeah why did uh, honestly it baffles me how they appointed him uh, I know it's cup football but I think this is relatively straightforward uh, Montrose Queen of the South um, so I would just go for a Queen of the South 3-0 uh, 2-0 Queen of the South uh, St Mirren Rafe Rovers Oh, high-flying Rafe Rovers and high-flying St Mirren, so... Yep, that'll be quite interesting. It's at St Mirren Park as well. Because Rafe Rovers obviously sitting top of the league right now. Uh, I'll go for a KG, well-fought 2-1 win for St Mirren. 3-1 St Mirren. Uh, the New Saints versus Elgin City. Elgin City, 2-1. It's in Wales, so... Oh. Uh, Half-four kick-off. wonder how many Elgin fans will be travelling down to that one. I think Elgin should be paying them to make that drum then. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll go 2-1 two, two, Elgin. Uh, oh, I didn't know it was that game, but I was thinking that's quite a big game. Uh, Dundee United host the Linfield. Dundee United Linfield? Dundee United Linfield. I'm presuming that might actually be on BBC Alba, because that's a uh, quarter past five kick-off. Oh, thank God I don't need to watch BBC Alba anymore. <laughs> um, uh, I'll probably go for a... 2-1 two, two, Dundee United. From what I remember, Linfield are a poor, poor side. They are. Linfield are a very, very poor side. Uh, and Dundee United are seeming to hit a bit of form. I'll go 4-0 Dundee United. So I think that's uh, pretty much it. So uh, that's it from us guys. So uh, take care and we will see you next week.